0: Had some tidings, everybody, and welcome to yet another slapdash attempt at a holiday-themed episode of low definition. The stockings are hung, the eggs are nogged, and the sugar plums are dancing, which is weird because sugar plums normally do not dance. Maybe I should have kept the eggnog in the fridge. And also, what the hell are sugar plums? Anyway, I am your <laughs> ho ho host, Steve Lutz, and I'm joined by the holiest, jolliest assemblage of players this side of the North Pole. Let's meet them now. Some call him Mr. 101, others know him better as Mr. Heatblister. Whatever you call him, I think we can all agree that he's too much. Welcome, Brian Heatmiser Hamilton.
1: Uh, I have bad news for you, Steve. Every side of the North Pole is
2: this side of the North Pole.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Brian, must everything you touch start to melt in your clutch? (laughs) He's too much. He really is. Our next player hails from the lands of the frozen north, where he can occasionally be spotted licking his favorite pickaxe. Say hello to Chip Yukon Cornelius Sutter. (laughs) I didn't know where this was
3: going to go. It scared me then. It scares me now. Yeah. You do have
0: a favorite pickaxe, right? Help. (laughs) 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 Tarnations. (laughs) <laughs> Although she's no more than 2, nobody bangs a garginka or slams a slu slunker quite like her. She is of course Allison Cindy Lou Who, but the cute original one, not the horrifying Jim Carrey one, Truge.
4: Oh man, I thought you were going to go with Ebenezer Truge. Oh, wow. <laughs> I had I had already curated my my Christmas brand.
0: This is this is the trouble with last second replacements. That would have been so much better.
4: <laughs> I'll take it.
0: No, no, no troubles at all. We love having you here. Thank you for being here, Truge. Player number four is only a little crazy, like painters or composers or some of those men in Washington. Kitties, cry calamity for Jason. Put the letters on my desk, Snell. <laughs> I, I believe in Santa. I
2: believe in Santa. I do. I do. He has, he, he he has a little cane and and uh, sometimes
0: punches people who are mean oh, to him. man. <laughs> Maybe these introductions weren't such a great idea after all. <laughs> Our fifth player can't stand it. Even her own dog's gone commercial. Good grief, it's Tiff, lights and display contest, Arment. Doo doo do, doo doo
5: doo. <laughs> Special do, guest do. Michael Sarah. <laughs> I know. All I figure is Michael Sarah walking away sad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And finally, it's her first time here, but I already think of her as the greatest Christmas gift we've ever received or will ever receive. Please welcome to the show, Jean, official Red Ryder carbine action 200 shot range model air rifle with a compass in the stock and this thing that tells time, McDonald.
6: Welcome, Jean. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Lutz. I hope this is not a four and a half hour show because I turned the heat off. And it's kind of <laughs> cold up here in Portland, Oregon. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh,
2: nothing, nothing better for low definition than a ticking clock. That's right. <laughs>
0: you can just call up Ebenezer Trudge, and she'll bring you a piece of coal for your mm. fire, and it'll all be
6: Baja good. Baja. Baja. Awesome.
0: You might have to negotiate with her a bit, though. Those players, by the way, were introduced in order of play as determined by Random.org. Random.org. It's the reason for the season. So, here's how we play Low Definition (laughs) In each round, I will give you the gift of an obscure word You cannot return it to the store, I didn't save the receipt Also, I didn't know your size, and the only color they had in stock was the space puce After you (laughs) pretend not to be disappointed, your gift to me will be a definition for that word If you know the real definition, send me that, and Santa will stuff your stocking with an easy three points If you don't know the real definition, you should come up with a fake definition that you think might fool the other players. When I have all your answers, I'll read them, and you'll each get a chance to guess which one is real. You get two points for guessing the right definition, and one point for each player you fool with your fakie. The winner is the first player or players to reach a score of 18, which is the number of gifts you would receive on the fifth day of Christmas if your true love also threw in a three-pack of hair scrunchies. And... Oh, hey, I got an idea, an awful idea. The host got a wonderful, awful idea. (laughs) If none of you gets the correct definition in a round, I will take five points for my very own. That means if you mess up four times, I win the game and there will be no presents or roast beast. And don't say you'll still be out at 5 a.m. singing in the town square because that's bullcrap. So let's start with round one. And our word for round one is this. Bunbury. Bunbury. That's spelled B-U-N-B-U-R-Y. Bunbury. Please send me your definitions for the word Bunbury now. All right, all of the definitions are in for the word, which was Bunbury. I will read them now, and then you get to guess which one is the real definition. Bunbury. The inevitable staining of a white shirt. An Irish trapeze. A fermented drink with hints of anise seed. A plaid pattern primarily of blues and greens. A fictitious excuse for avoiding an obligation, a laurel hedge, or a Scottish yeast used in traditional baking. Those are all the definitions for the word Bunbury, and the first to get to decide amongst them is Brian.
1: I've never gone first before. This is very exciting. It's like uh, being the first person to pick out your favorite candy in the candy store, except all the candy tastes horrible. Um, A fermented drink with a nice seed, please.
0: Nice
3: seed right. <laughs> nice seed, Just so,
1: one very, very good seed. <laughs> so nice I got a
3: star Marvelous chip uh, i wanna uh, I wanna answer this, but you know uh, well, I it just is got what you're this supposed phone to call. do at this point of the game <laughs> so. refusing? i just, I just got this phone call and I have to take it and I just really I, I'm sorry I, I just have to avoid answering
0: <laughs> right now. ooh, he's using it, he's using all it All right. <laughs> so I guess I'll just put you down for a laurel hedge and uh we'll
3: <laughs> wait move on wait the next wait, one. wait, wait yes. Fictitious excuse for avoiding, please.
0: Oh, I see what you did there. Very clever. All right, Frooge.
4: I'm going to go with a Scottish yeast because I like that combination of words.
0: All righty then, Scottish yeast for you. Jason. Uh,
2: I am going to, uh, because Chip actually gave a real answer, I'm going to go with a laurel hedge. <laughs> okay.
5: Tiff. I'm also going to hedge my laurels.
0: Are you now? Yes. As long as you don't rest on them, it's okay. Yeah. Well, you can hedge them by resting on them if oh, you do no. it properly. <laughs> and that leaves Gene.
6: Mm, um, I'm going with the fictitious excuse.
0: Okie dokie. Perfect. All righty then. Well, let's see what happened in round one then. Brian Hamilton thought. Since he's the first one to guess, I think we'll let him be the first one to find out how he did. Hello! Brian thought that a Bunbury might be a fermented drink with hints of a nice seed. <laughs> 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 you can actually thank the gal across the room for that one because that was Trouge's answer. Good job. Truge.
7: It was I! <laughs> I've
5: been bamboozled! I bamboozled you. That's a different game.
0: <laughs> Jason and Tiff, meanwhile, thought that a Bunbury might be a laurel hedge, and it kind of sounds like that. But it wasn't. That was Jean's answer, so two points to Jean. Mm. I was so whoop. close
4: to picking that one. Whoop, the word
5: whoop.
0: laurel feels so legitimate. But instead of picking that one, Truj picked a Scottish yeast used in traditional baking, which Jason appreciates because that was his answer. Mm-hmm. One point wow. to Jason. Uh, here's to the Scottish yeast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're drinking some right now, I'm sure. <laughs> And that leaves Chip and Gene, both of whom thought that a Bunbury might be a fictitious excuse for avoiding an obligation. And they were absolutely correct. A Bunbury is a fictitious excuse for avoiding an obligation.
6: Wow. I I never knew what it was called after all these years of using that. (laughs)
0: I don't know. I don't know. Gene's starting to sound like kind of a ringer here because as of the end of round one, Gene is in the lead with four points. Whoa! Ah, <laughs> uh, In second place with two points, Chip Sutterth. Hello! Tied for third place with one point each, Truj and Jason. Yeah! Everybody Yay. else has nothing, but the night is young. So let's move on to round two. <laughs> the word for round two is... Tapetum, tapetum. That's T-A-P-E-T-U-M, tapetum. Please send me your definitions for the word tapetum. Now, I'm going to need a new pair of tapants pants because <laughs> 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 you'll never guess what I did. Did
5: you tape them together? <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: I just made myself crack up, and it's terrible. Was that a Larry Lester bun reference? I guess not. So, all of the definitions for the word tapetum are in. I will read them now. The wall between a courtroom and a judge's chambers. A traditional table decoration made of cedar branches. A series of vertical ribbons. An Italian racing mouse. A membrane in the eyes of some animals that causes them to shine in the dark. A bone in the snouts of marsupials analogous to the septum. Or the textured stone floor of a Greek temple. Those are your options for the word Takedum. And our first guesser here in round two is Chip. I really wish I wasn't going first.
3: Because I have, I-, I I'm ready for the if you can't topeed them, join them joke, and I Oof. can't because nobody <laughs> went before me, mm. so I'm just going to have to choose. Wait, what the a pity. M- you can't topeed them, <laughs> Chip, so you might as well join them. Membrane ah. in animals' eyes, please. Okay. Truge.
4: Well, if you can't topeed them, <laughs> join them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with a series of vertical ribbons.
0: <laughs> Oh cool. whoa, she threw me for a loop. Oh, a I curve thought curve. she was literally gonna join him.
2: I see what you did there. Keep them on their toes.
0: A series of vertical ribbons for Trooge. Okay.
2: Jason. Well, if you can't tepe them, join them. I'm gonna go oh. with the membrane of eyes on some animals, just like Chip. See, that's how it works right there. That's how it works.
1: <laughs> that's how it That's how it works. That's how it works.
0: Next up is uh Tiff. <laughs> Tiff, do you think you can tapete him?
5: Oh <laughs> I think I might have to defeat them because I can't join them. Uh oh. so <laughs> I'm gonna go with the judge wall. The judging wall.
2: Judge wall. The wall of judgment. In session.
5: Wednesdays at right. 230
2: on channel four. Judge
0: Wall. <laughs> <That's> judge Wall. <laughs> oh boy. Gene.
6: <Jean>.
0: Uh <laughs> Welcome to low definition, Gene. Yeah, round two, and she's already making that noise. She learns fast.
6: <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the bone and the marsupial, et cetera, et cetera.
0: All right. And that leaves Brian.
1: Well, if you can't tapete him, join oh, him. Here it um, comes. Oh, God. I said that without any clue what <laughs> I would pick. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's mm. a tapete him. I'll just point out the concept of an Italian racing mouse is still out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, it's gone. We well it's gone unquestioned. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I will continue to not question it because I'm not picking that. I like the septum. I'm, I'm going to take the uh, bone in the snouts of marsupials. Did anyone say that?
2: Gene just did. Well, yeah, Gene did it. So if you can't him, I join him, it. Brian.
6: Oh, that is what she said. Okay, <laughs> You could actually say that.
0: Oh, that is what she that said. That is oh, what my she God. said. Well, okay. I think everyone's choices are in. So let's see what happened there. The word was him. And um, let's start with Tiff, who thought that Tupitum might be the wall between a courtroom and a judge's chambers. That actually was Brian's answer. So good job, Brian. A point to that was you, a good sir. one. That mm-hmm. was. Yeah, really good. While we're on the subject of Brian, he and Gene both thought that tapetum might be a bone in the snouts of marsupials, analogous to the septum. Not sure why they wouldn't just call that the, the septum, septum. But <laughs> doesn't matter anyway, the because deceptum. those are two points to Chip. So good Yay. job, Chip. I got a nose for this stuff. Yeah. You have
5: a deceptum for this stuff.
0: Yeah. All your time in the Yukon, you run across mm-hmm. a lot of marsupials up there, right? Trudge, meanwhile, thought that tapetum might be a series of vertical ribbons. That actually was Gene's answer, so a point to Gene there. Uh-oh. Boop,
5: boop.
0: That leaves Jason and Chip, both of whom thought that tapetum might be a membrane, in the eyes of some animals that causes them to shine in the dark. Unfortunately, that is absolutely correct. That is a tapetum. I should
4: have joined them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but who so after round two ship has pulled into the lead that what? can't be right what yeah he's Chip. in first with six points he can't defeat him just two rounds
3: that's okay i'll uh i'll squander it soon enough
0: gene is still pretty close in second place with five points in third with three points is jason snell and tied for fourth with one point each brian and truge
4: wow love
0: yeah Uh, Tiff and I are slow starters. (sighs) It's okay. All right. Well, words are fun and all, but, uh, why don't we do something a little different Mm. this round? Let's do another round of what I last year called Krampus and Pals. Uh, the way this works is around the world, different countries and cultures have different ways of celebrating the winter holidays. Some of them are nuttier than others. Uh, In this round, I'm going to give you the name of an odd holiday tradition, and I want you to describe it for me. Uh, For example, in our last holiday episode, we learned about the Catalan custom of Tio de Nadal, which is a hollowed-out log that is said to poop out treats when children hit it with a stick. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of nutty. uh, Anyway, this year's tradition comes to us from the land of Wales, and it's called... Mari Lloyd. Mari Lloyd. That's M A R I space L W Y D. That's how you know it's Welsh. Mari Lloyd. Hmm. Please send me your description of the hallowed holiday tradition known as Mari Lloyd. Now, They shoot Doctor Who in Wales. I tried. (laughs) I
3: really tried. But I just couldn't come up with a convincing definition that involved a
0: police box. (laughs) They shoot Doctor Who's in Wales, don't don't they? they? All right. All of the answers are in for round three. I asked you to describe for me the Welsh holiday tradition known as Lloyd, And this is what you said. Lloyd. An ancient stone circle is draped with garlands, and a large animal is roasted in the center. All the maidens in the village gather to lay holly branches on the village nativity scene, before pairing up with the young men to meet under the mistletoe. At dinner, the person with the golden acorn under their chair cannot sneeze the rest of the night, or else they'll have bad luck next year. (laughs) A New Year's Eve ritual where the matriarch of a family cooks the first sheep bladder of the year. Revelers carry a horse skull on a pole from house to house, engaging in rhyming battles in exchange for food and drink. The construction of a maypole in anticipation of the spring to come. Or, children decorate a sack stuffed with lamb's wool like a king and put him under their beds to bring riches. So, those are your options. One of those is the true meaning of Marty Lloyd. And the first to get to guess amongst them is... Truge. Oh, God. Lucky <gasps> you.
4: Um, I'm going to go with the rhyming battle.
0: Okay.
3: Epic rap battles
1: it's, of history. It's the <laughs>
3: one I want
4: to be the most true.
7: <laughs> okay.
2: Jason i thought about there are a bunch i like here i'm glad the rhyming battles is great um i thought about doing something involving like a king or like a a fake king and that's what that last one is the the uh the fake king who lives under your bed uh so i'm gonna pick that one just because i i'm
0: kind of delighted by it okay next up is tiff
5: I wrote down rapping horse skull and sneezing egg horn as my favorites. <laughs> <sighs> the sneezing egg is so... That makes just a delicious so... fruitcake,
0: by the way. <laughs> it's so out of left field. Two parts wrapping horse skull. But I feel like <laughs> someone just might a have just... little bit of sneezing acorn.
5: I don't know. Maybe someone watched 8 Mile or something, and so they're, they're thinking about some rap battles. I threw that in there. Oh, Sneezing egg Sneezing
0: so egg Gene is up next.
6: I'm going with the sheep bladder.
0: Okay. All right, Brian, you are up, sir.
1: The two I wrote down as well uh, that I like the best are Golden Acorn and Horse Skull Rhyming Battle. <sighs> horse Skull's got to do it.
0: Okay. Everyone likes a good Horse Skull. Who doesn't, really? And that leaves Chip. I think
3: uh, I, I like Jason's thinking. I think it's the I think it's the king under the bed. It's it's it, it is charming. It's
0: like the elf it's on the, the, the shelf,
3: except he the hides king. and he's your monarch. You
0: know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of pressure. Otherwise, exactly like it. A lot of pressure when the 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 the, the royalty is actually sitting under your bed, watching your every move. God help you if he puts a pee down there.
2: Mary Lloyd, everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, all the guesses are in, so let's see how that all worked out. Um, hmm. Let's start with Tiff. She thought that uh, Marty Lloyd might be the tradition where at dinner the person with a golden acorn under their chair cannot sneeze the rest of the night, or else they'll have bad luck next year. Which was good luck for Brian, because that was his answer. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
2: so
0: good weird, answer is, Brian. I'm so all strange. What is going on? <laughs> so yeah, sorry, so I sneezed. on <laughs>
5: You just objects objects out of the what air. Together. Uh
1: uh dinner and uh acorn and chair. And anything.
0: Moving on, Jean thought that Marty Lloyd might be a New Year's Eve ritual where the matriarch of a family cooks the first sheep bladder of the year. What a night that is. It's a uh, it's a time to look forward to many, many sheep bladders to come. Uh and for Truche to look forward to one point, which she just got from Jean. Also, that was her it answer. Was also I. if it's
2: a New Year's Eve ritual, then wouldn't it be the last sheep ladder of the year?
4: <laughs> Listen, I'm well, they, three beers in. They <laughs> cook <laughs> it
0: on New Year's Eve, but they don't eat it until New Year's. So yeah. They
5: didn't keep very good
0: time. Hmm. Meanwhile, uh, Truj and Brian both thought that Motty Lloyd might mean that revelers carry a ho- horse skull on a pole from house to house. Engaging in rhyming battles in exchange for food and drink. And that was the correct answer. What? is yes. wow. a tradition wow. whereby several costumed revelers walk around with a horse skull on a pole, uh, they knock on house doors, and uh, they trade rhymes back and forth, and if the person who owns the house runs out of rhymes before the team of revelers does, they're invited inside to be given food and probably a lot of booze. hmm
4: and so they Brian can continue and I do their that reveling. every weekend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really? The pole no. and the horse skull and everything? Yeah, Massachusetts is really weird. Yeah,
0: I guess so. And so that leaves Jason and Chip, both of whom thought that the Mariloid might be a tradition where children decorate a sack stuffed with lamb's wool, like a king, and put him under their beds to bring riches and also nightmares. That was <laughs> Actually, Tiff's answer. So good job, Tiff. All You're right, on the Tiff. board. Ooh. I'm the bringer of nightmares.
5: That that
0: uh, that alleviates some of the pain of you not getting any points at all for the racing mouse in the last round. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, what was that? Come on, depressed me in, in ways I can't even express.
1: Uh, uh, Italian and uh, it's a mouse and it. Uh, I don't know. It races. Yeah, perfect. That's a definition.
0: So after three rounds, uh wow, Chip is still in the lead with six points. Gene uh, is also holding steady in second place with five, but others have made their move. Brian and Truge each have four points there in third. Uh, in fifth with three points is Jason. In sixth? <laughs> yeah, sure. Sixth with two points is Tiff. Ooh. And uh, I still have nothing. You've got us, Steve. Mm, mm-hmm. So less than nothing. Mm. Oh, well. <laughs> wow. I kid. I love my great friends. And also you guys. Mm. So let's move on to round four. Round four is... Uh, oh, look at this. It's a listener word. Yay! Oh, Yay. listener word! Um, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. This Yay. is actually from listener Marianne. Ah, listener Marianne. Oh, listen. There we go. Oh, thank you. And the skipper, too? Just um, as and the rest here. So mm. I guess all of the listeners... Anywho, the word provided by listener Marianne is this. Nef. Nef. N-E-F. Nef. Please send me your definitions for the word nef now. All righty. All of the definitions are in for the round four listener word from listener Marianne, which was "nef." So here they are: "nef," a term of endearment for an inquisitive young child, a nest for small woodland mammals, blackened nasal discharge, <laughs> gross, cross grain cotton fabric. Placards that display safety information in an elevator. A table decoration in the shape of a ship for holding such things as napkins and condiments. Or a fragment of soap so small it can no longer be used for washing. (laughs) Those are your options for the word neph. And our first guesser this round is Jason. Oh boy, um...
2: I have no idea. Um, I'm going to say it is. Boy, I, I want to say cotton, uh, cotton fabric, but that feels so hemp and <laughs> so it's so it's <laughs> so, it's so low, ruffian. so low definition that. <laughs> I mean, maybe listener Marianne thought it was right up our alley. I'm going to say, because it's a listener word, uh, I'm going to go with blackened nasal discharge.
3: Mm. We do love our listeners, don't we?
1: (laughs) Just don't do the blackened nasal discharge after you find the golden acorn.
0: (laughs) All righty. Tiff, you're up next.
5: I do love a good
0: blackened discharge. Hey, who doesn't? (sighs) <laughs> that's why you got to keep that cross-grain <laughs> cotton fabric around clean that up see i think i know
5: the word for that cross-grain <laughs> cotton fabric unless it's neff, and then i'm a fool but <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go with a table ship i like that that has its own name you okay. sunk my table ship
0: Gene. <laughs> <laughs> you're up
6: um i have to say along the same lines as jason thinking that they wouldn't give us a word if it had a really pedestrian definition. And so black and nasal discharge, mm-hmm. I'm voting for that. I, words I never thought I would hear. Mm.
0: <laughs> well, you know, we like, to, we like to broaden your horizons on this show. That's what we're all about. <laughs> Next up is Brian.
1: Hang on. Let me check the uh, settings on my recording. I think I've recorded it so small that it can't be used. I'm doing a small fragment of soap. Wow, that was the dumbest roundabout joke I could ever make. Thanks, I hate it.
3: (laughs) The amount of pan and an ash chip. Somebody, somebody on this game has to stand up for tradition and has to go for the fabric. (laughs) And is that person you? That person is me. All right. Do you speak for the fabric? I caught into it oh. <laughs> God
5: Alright that leaves Trooge
4: You know what I think it is I think it's the placard of safety Information in an elevator <laughs> okay. like, Upti your lifting friend <laughs> <laughs> Reference acknowledged um, Yeah that's, that's what I'm gonna go with
2: all righty then. Somewhere out there, David- listener Marianne was like, oh, you know what? What word is going to be great for Steve? Is the thing
0: about placards in an elevator. I got to send that to him. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't believe some of the words people send me. <laughs>
2: yeah. David J. They like actually fan, speaks for the fabric. Like fan letters?
0: Yeah, you know, letters with slashes in them, that sort of thing. Uh, but this time the word was Neff. And um, let's uh, see how your guesses did on the word "nef." Why don't we start with? Uh, well, let's start with Brian, who thought that a might be a fragment of soap so small it can no longer be used for washing. And I'm here to tell you there is no such quantity because <laughs> even the tiniest little fragment of soap can be used for washing if you want it bad enough. And in this case, uh, Jason's answer was that one. So Jason got that uh, point. I need new soap. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go back through your answers and see if this whole, like your whole game, has been (laughs) your shopping list. To cry for help. help. Moving along. uh, Oh, let's go to Jason and Jean, both of whom (laughs) thought that Neff might be blackened nasal discharge. Sounds like blackened nasal discharge, but in fact it was Tiff's answer. So two more points. (laughs) Wow. Whoa. (laughs) Uh, Chip. Thought that uh, Neff might be cross-grain cotton fabric. That was actually Jean's answer, so point to Jean for that.
6: Mm, Thank you, Chip.
0: You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Truge, meanwhile, thought that Neff might be placards that display safety information in an elevator. That was actually Brian's answer, so...
6: Wow! (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. You fooled me right across the room. Right across the room. Place. Some
0: enchanted evening,
1: oh, you may pull your
6: girlfriend
1: across an empty room.
0: Wow. So that leaves Tiff, who believed that Neff might be a table decoration in the shape of a ship for holding such things as napkins and condiments. If she's right, she gets two points. If she's wrong, I get five points. Oh no, it was- And I get... No points, because yes! a nap is a table decoration in the shape of a ship for holding such things as napkins all and right. condiments. Oh, wow. so wow. glad that has a name. Wow.
6: That was the fakest sounding answer of all of them. Yeah. Well,
2: listener Marianne, gotcha. Yep, Good job, listener you. Marianne. No, Good job. A nest for small woodland animals is
0: the fakest, because that would just be <laughs> called a nest. <laughs> a
5: nest. <laughs> it's a empty nest.
0: Chip thanks you for that assessment. I'm sure. uh, yeah, yeah, I'm feeling
3: really valued here, guys.
0: <laughs> Your answer was the worst. Yeah, what place is Chip in, Steve? <laughs> now, speaking of Chip, he's been caught after round four by not one but two other players. He is now tied for first in a three way tie with Tiff and Gene, all of whom have six points. In fourth place by himself with five points is Brian. Wow. And tied for fifth with four points each, Truj and Jason. Wow. I still have nothing. Anywho, let's move on to round five, shall we? The word for round five is... GRIVET. GRIVET. That's spelled G-R-I-V-E-T. GRIVET. Please send me your definitions for the word GRIVET now. The grivet-trivet. A traditional table decoration.
1: (laughs) If it's a frog, it's a grivet-trivet-ribbit.
7: Oh, don't start that
0: again.
1: Here we go. Grivet-trivet.
2: When
5: grivet-trivet's battle, it's a
2: grivet-trivet
0: battle, and when they battle in the bottle, it's a grivet-trivet battle bottle. Sure enough, all of the definitions are in for the word grivet. So I think I'll read them now. Grivet and ribbit. I didn't have any other plans. Grivet. A small mammal that preceded modern chipmunks. To fluff the branches of a fake tree. Semicolon. To flock. To ruminate or worry obsessively. Glasses with extreme prescriptions designed for senior citizens. An aquatic mammal similar to a weasel found in sub-Saharan Africa. A long-tailed, olive-green African monkey. Or, impossible mythical offspring of a lion and a condor. (laughs) (laughs) It's not only mythical, it's impossible.
4: (laughs) I hate it!
0: So those are your options, such as they are, for the word grivet. And we'll begin this round with... Tiff, oh,
5: they're so awful. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, the, the one that isn't an animal. The to fluff the branches of a fake tree, especially since it's on theme.
0: Okay, this holiday <laughs> season, right? <clears throat> Tiff picks the fluffer, uh, Gene, <laughs> as you do.
6: Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go with the small mammal that preceded the woodchuck the, the modern it? modern chipmunk a, a, modern a chipmunks. small
2: less modern chipmunk
1: yes <laughs> it wears a monocle and like a pocket it's, square. The ret- it's really weird yeah,
6: yeah I'm the, going retro with that. the retro chipmunks
0: retro chipmunk okie doke next up is
6: brian
1: a long-tailed green african monkey is what i am picking and you're welcome to whoever I just gave a point to because <laughs> I, I'm you're trying to spread. I'm trying to make like, I can't believe it's not butter and a spread.
0: All right, then let's move on to chip.
3: Brian, this is your fault. You convinced me. Um, the African monkey.
0: Ooh. Hmm.
3: All right. Truj.
4: Uh, I'm going to go with ruminate or worry obsessively. Um, yeah. If you can't
6: tape them join them.
3: I'm so sorry.
0: And
6: <laughs> I totally that forgot leaves... what peed them means already.
2: <laughs> that leaves Jason. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Like there's so many here and I'm thinking about it and I'm not sure and if I make a mistake I'm going to get further behind and I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do. It sounds like I'm worrying obsessively because that's what I'm going to pick to ruminate or worry obsessively. <laughs> okay.
0: All righty. Well, all the guesses are in. Why don't we start with that one? Jason and Truge both thought that uh, to grivet was to ruminate or worry obsessively. I know Chip's not worried because he just got two more points.
4: <laughs> I was worried obsessively.
3: Mm. I'm just saying I submit, I, I submit definitions based
0: on what I know. <laughs> Speaking of Chip... He and Brian both thought that a grivet was a long-tailed, olive-green African monkey, <laughs> <laughs> and they were 100% correct. Two points each. Whoa! That
5: really?
0: seems so fake. So I
3: was going to blame Brian before, but now I'm just going to take the credit for being smart. <laughs>
6: How is there a green monkey? Okay, whatever. Olive oh. green.
2: I was thinking it, sound, it sounded <laughs> like a fake combination of two words and it literally is green. A green vervet is a grivet. <laughs> Boo.
0: <laughs> <sighs> oh, uh, let's talk about Gene. Okay. Gene mm-hmm. Jean, Jean thought that a grivet was a small mammal that preceded modern chipmunks. In other mm-hmm. words, uh, you know, the Grivet was the precursor and the Chipmunk was the Squeakwall. <laughs> uh-huh.
7: And somehow it was
1: Glenn's answer.
0: Actually, that was Truge's answer. So you've got wow. nobody to, but to blame but your girlfriend.
6: Nice. I will and that leaves. Up for the small mammal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Moving along, that leaves Tiff, who thought that a Grivet might be to fluff the branches of a fake tree semicolon to flock pretty sure she didn't actually believe that because that was her own answer but nobody bit so
1: (laughs) someone had to do it i I guess you could say that she
0: fluffed her own answer
5: (laughs) i really bun this one
0: and she ended up flocking herself in the process Mm. sorry tip so fluffy after five rounds Wow, a good round for Chip. He's back in the lead by himself with 10 points. (sighs) Leaving behind him in second place with seven points, Brian Hamilton. Tied for third with six points each is Tiff and Gene. Yay. In fifth place with five points is Truge. In sixth place with four points is Jason. Let's not even mention the host. (laughs) He's just enjoying the show. All right, so let's move on then to the round that comes after round five, which is round six. <gasps> wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. That means it's the crazy round. The crazy <laughs> round! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> That's right, round six, the crazy round. So the word for the crazy round is this. bleby. <laughs> really? Bleby. That's spelled B-L-E. B B Y, blebby. So, please send me your definitions for the word blebby. Now Took, took the Sheppy to the blebby.
5: That's it. But the blebby was dry. But the
2: blebby was dry. Sheppy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You don't want a dry blebby. That's for sure. No. You can get there in your chevy though, so it's fine.
0: Take your chevy to the blebby. <laughs> Let's uh. Let's read all these definitions I just got for the word blebby. A bloated feeling, often accompanied by flatulence. Moist with tree sap. No!
1: Oh,
5: there's there's going to be a lot of words here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> blebby is getting grosser all
1: the time. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get no gross.
0: Well, let's keep up the trend then. Covered with small blisters. Ugh. The swollen stem of a plant infected with beetle larvae. The waterproof membrane between the porthole and the interior of a ship. A microphone without a pop filter that gives a garbled (laughs) vocal effect.
5: Someone's just looking around the room.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The answer's right in front of my nose. I know it.
0: (laughs) Or... Background nonsense conversation (laughs) in a stage play. (laughs) One of those is the real definition for the word "a blebby.
6: And the first to get to decide is Jean. I'm going with the background nonsense conversation. Okie doke.
1: Brian. It's the odd one out. I'm going to pick it. And I'm going to strongly encourage my fellow voters to spread uh, the waterproof membrane between a porthole of a ship. Okie doke. sounds nautical enough to work.
0: Yeah, it would be really terrible if I had more than zero points, Brian. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> let's encourage that spread. <laughs> hey, Chip. Hey. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Tell, tell me about your blebby. <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs>
3: It's not so great. It's covered with small blisters.
0: Is Ooh. it now? Mm. <laughs> Man. To get that checked out. I'm sorry I asked. So, which answer do you want? <laughs> Let's move on to Truge.
4: I'm going to do the, the membrane because that's somehow not so gross. Really? Marginally. I, it's still
0: pretty gross. Listen. <laughs>
4: I don't know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on to Jason. Uh, It holds napkins and condiments and sits on a table, but you know what keeps it waterproof? That membrane between the porthole and the interior.
0: Yes. Is it that membrane? The blebby. The blebby. Uh, Tiff.
5: Oh, I want to do the membrane. Do it.
2: Do it. Join us on the membrane.
5: Yeah, membrane. Give me the membrane. All right.
0: So anyway, the word was blebby, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in spite of his demands that we, we, uh, we implement the spread, four of you decided that the blebby was the waterproof <laughs> membrane between the porthole and the interior of the ship. That would be Brian, Truge, Jason, and Tiff. <laughs> no. I hope Gene sends you all a nice Christmas card, because that was her answer. Oh my.
6: Fist pump! Fist yeah. <laughs> to the guinea pigs mm-hmm. they're watching. They're excited now.
0: Um, speaking of Jean, she thought that Blebby might be background nonsense conversation in a stage play. Oh, no. Did she make a clean sweep of it? Nah, she gave Chip a point. Oh, that leaves one player, and that's Chip. He thought that Bleby might be the word for covered with small blisters. And I got to say, it's about damn time I got some points. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. But that isn't going to happen this round because Blebby is covered oh. with small oh. blisters. Oh. Whoa. Wow. I
4: hate wow. it.
0: So after round six, Chip is way out front with 13 points. He's almost in striking distance, which I find very disturbing. Because I still got a couple of good rounds coming up. Um, in second place with 10 points is still Gene. In third with seven, Oops. we've got Brian Hamilton. In fourth with six, Tiff. In fifth with five is Truge. In sixth with four points is Jason. Still a big goose egg for me. That's okay, though. I find it somewhat festive. I like geese and eggs. It's all good. So let's move on to round seven. Uh, let's do something a little different for round seven. Uh, let's do a round of something that I call... When you care enough to cast Lori Laughlin. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> according to an article in the Wall Street Journal, Hallmark made a total of 136 Christmas movies from 2008 to 2017. But according to my independent research, which involves accidentally noticing the Hallmark channel as I scroll past it in the TiVo guide, they've <laughs> actually made $6 million billion mm. And even more impressive, they're now up to three completely distinct plot lines. (laughs) (laughs) I kid my good friends at Hallmark, but a surprising number of people who are physically capable of using a remote to change the channel actually do watch and somehow enjoy these movies. So here's how this round works. I'm going to give you the name of a Hallmark holiday movie. I want you to send me the short plot synopsis that showed up in the TiVo guide when I accidentally (laughs) scrolled past it. (laughs) (laughs) you got the idea or do i do we need an example
6: no
5: i would like an example
0: all right (laughs)
6: let's let's go with a a
0: real life example uh one of the shows currently airing on the hallmark channel is called a shoe addicts christmas i did not make that up (laughs) what starring candace cameron Bure. Uh, you know, further proving the idea that the Hallmark Channel is a jobs program for former full-house actresses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And here is how the TiVo describes a shoe addict's Christmas. When Noelle, (laughs) ha, get it? (laughs) When Noelle gets snowed in at the department store she works at, she meets a quirky guardian angel who, with the help of some special shoes, helps her recover the love, family connection, and faith. That she had put on hold. What? Sounds gripping, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It's a foot fetish movie. (laughs) So the movie I want you to uh, send me the capsule description for is... Hey, it's new for 2018, so that's exciting. It's called... Christmas Joy. (laughs) Christmas Joy. It's new. Yeah. Yeah, It's totally different than all those other... (laughs) So, won't you please send me my TiVo's plot synopsis for the Hallmark holiday classic, Christmas Joy. Now.
2: Steve, do you know that um, one of our fellow UCSD students is a writer for Hallmark TV movies?
0: That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah.
2: Julie Sherman Wolf. I definitely
4: dated someone who was as well.
2: Julie Sherman, who is now Julie Sherman Wolf. Uh, I mean,
0: there's like 100,000 of is these a, people is out a, there, is
2: so. a uh, Was a fellow comm major and uh, indeed has written, <laughs> I believe, like five or six Hallmark TV movies. And the best part of following her on Twitter is that when they air, she gets really excited and she tweets, live tweets her own movies. And I've never seen a Hallmark movie, but I feel like I have. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Finding Santa, available now, written by (laughs) Julie Sherman, who I went to college
0: with. I'm not sure I've ever met Julie Sherman. She was very nice, and now she writes Hallmark movies, so there you go. Hey, she did something with that comm degree, so I gotta give her that. She
2: did, right? I mean, the rest of us didn't.
0: All right, all of the capsule descriptions for the Hallmark holiday movie known as Christmas Joy, new for 2018 are in i will read them now and you get to decide which one is real so christmas joy oh and by the way kudos for literally all of you for realizing that they would probably make a christmas joy name pun (laughs) (laughs) i thought i was
4: being clever
0: (laughs) okay we're all too clever Joy, the head elf in Santa's workshop, gets sidetracked on her way to work by a mysterious suitor and is magically transported to New York City. <laughs> in a strange new place, Joy has to be reminded of what true Christmas spirit is all about. When Joy is laid off just before the holiday, she struggles to make ends meet until a mysterious stranger offers to hire her for an unusual job in toy marketing. <laughs> Joy, an out-of-work pastry chef, bakes her way through her grandmother's Christmas recipes, rediscovering her family history and connecting with her estranged father. A comedian who has lost her touch on the stage finds a stray terrier named Joy. Will her search for Joy's owner lead lead her to find laughter and love? Joy Holbrook returns home to help her aunt pull off a winning cookie crawl. But childhood friend Ben helps open her heart to the magic of the season. Grace plans her family's annual volunteer visit to the local women's shelter, not realizing that her long lost sister Joy is one of the residents. All that sparkles the dog wanted for Christmas was a tasty treat. But when she meets her fairy dog mother at the vet, she transforms into a human to discover the true meaning of Christmas. Wow! <laughs> It
6: could be any of them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: Somewhere there's a comm major furiously taking notes. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) And that one is me, because I'm writing down little blurbs of the blurbs.
0: Blurbs of the blurbs. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing you are, Brian, because you're the first one to get to guess amongst those wonderful that is capsule illegal. descriptions. That is and illegal. I'm, I'm going to require first. that you actually tell me the entire content of the capsule description because otherwise I'm never going to be able to figure out which one you're talking about.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going with Bakes Her Way Through Her
3: Grandmother's Christmas Recipes. Okay. Chip! I'm going with the I'm going with the really super sentimental one. I'm going with the family finding the lost long lost sister in the women's shelter
0: one. All right. Sounds light. Mhm. <laughs> Truge.
4: I am going to go with the baking competition one, not the one where she bakes her way through her grandmother's recipes, but the one where the one with the the long lost high school childhood love. friend Ben. Yeah, the
2: cookie, the cookie friend the Ben, the cookie and, ben the cookie and, and the cookie crawl.
6: So that's the cookie. Wait, crawl? so Ben yeah. and the okay. cookie crawler the same yes. one? Yeah,
2: that's right. Yeah,
4: that's that's my. Pick. <laughs> I imagine
2: Ben is there with like some really sad like sugar cookies, and that's how they meet.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and that's how Brian and I
0: met. All right, I don't know.
2: Jason. I think the Christmas joy is all a story about. A comedian who has lost her touch, who finds a terrier named Joy, and she has to search for Joy's true owner and maybe find happiness along the way.
0: Mm, heartwarming.
2: My heart is warm.
0: Hey, Tiff. <laughs> hey. Steve.
2: Hey. <laughs> hey, Steve.
0: How'd you like to give me an answer here? All right. So,
5: Cookie Crawl, Homeless Joy, or Joy Dog? Let's see. Ah, Cookie Crawl had so many details. Joy Dog. Joy Dog was the comedian?
2: Yeah.
5: It was comedian <laughs> with the Joy Dog. Uh-huh. Mm, I'm going to go who, Cookie Crawl. How could you really round that out? Homeless Uh, jo- Ah, Cookie Crawl. <laughs>
0: okay. I think Tis Stratts is acting up again, but we're going to go ahead and move on to Gene.
6: I... I think i'm gonna go with when joy is laid off a mysterious stranger that's as much as i wrote but that sounds very hallmarky to me <laughs> okay
0: <An> unusual <laughs> job in toy marketing
6: yeah What could that be
0: i don't know well then let's see how that all worked out why don't we start with jean since she just just uh, just was talking <laughs> she thought the Christmas joy might be about when joy is laid off just before the holiday. She struggles to make ends meet until a mysterious stranger offers to hire her for an unusual job in toy marketing. That actually was Jason's uh, answer. so Ooh, available. Jason
6: call me Hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I was very impressed by that one.
0: Let's move on to Brian, who thought that uh, Christmas joy might be joy. An out-of-work pastry chef bakes her way through her grandmother's Christmas recipes, rediscovering her family history, and connecting with her estranged father. You just got connected with Tiff, who wrote that answer. (laughs)
5: Tiff!
0: Hallmark, I'm available. Call Call, me. Call (laughs) us all. Somewhere a Hallmark exec is furiously writing down names. (laughs) Hey, how about that guy Jason, who thought that uh, Christmas Joy might be about a comedian who has lost her touch on the stage and finds a stray terrier named Joy? Will her search for Joy's owner lead her to find laughter and love? I think it will. Or will Jason's search for the correct answer lead Chip to get an extra point? I think it's going to be the latter.
3: Chip,
2: I want to see your movie. What happens Give to that dog? Give us a hug, Jason.
3: Give us a hug. Who
2: won that dog?
5: Everyone loves a good dog in a movie. Let's yeah, talk about Chip. a good boy.
0: Chip went over to the dark side. He thought that maybe uh, Christmas joy was about Grace, who was planning her family's annual volunteer visit to the local women's shelter, not realizing that her long-lost sister Joy is one of the residents. He also didn't realize that his uh, his friend Jean wrote that answer. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you, Chip. You're welcome. And that leaves Trudge and Tiff. Come on both of whom thought that Christmas joy might be described as follows. Joy Holbrook returns home to help her aunt pull off a winning cookie crawl. But childhood friend Ben helps open her heart to the magic of the season. I wonder how many hearts have been opened to the magic of the season in a Hallmark Christmas movie. How many hearts have been closed? All the hearts.
6: (laughs) Our hearts. Close the hearts.
0: Anyway, that was the real capsule description. Yes! Childhood
6: friend Ben! Ben! It was it was yeah. friend ben, ben that tipped Always. it
0: over. Well, anyway, after round seven, here's how the scores stand. Chip still leads with 14 points. Ah, uh, in second place with 11 points is Gene. In third place, tied with seven points each, Brian and Truge. I'm wow. sorry. In third place with nine points, Tiff. Yeah. Tied for fourth with seven points each, Brian and Truge. In fifth, well, I'm sorry. In sixth place with five <laughs> points <laughs> is Jason Snell. I'm winning the best five here. points. It's fine back here. It's warm. Well, you're not way in the back. That would be me. Well, let's move on to round eight. The word for round eight. Yeah, we're back to words again. Well, fine. (laughs) Boring. I know. I'm sorry. Is Obad. 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 That is spelled A-U-B-A-D-E.
5: Obad. Mm Obladi, obad, obada.
6: Yes. (laughs) Oh, 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 A-U. Okay. Ah, ah, So, would you please
0: send me your definitions for the word obad now? All right, all of the definitions are in for the round eight word, which was obod. And we have our first appearance of the sad face in my spreadsheet <gasps> for this game of low definition. And that sad face goes to Truge, who knew the correct definition for the word obod.
6: Why is it a sad face? <laughs> because it
0: makes me sad that I didn't fool everybody. <laughs> So, I will read the remaining definitions now, and you get to choose amongst those. An English poem with a consistent internal rhyming structure. A mournful piece of music, usually featuring a cello. A lamb stew, typical of southwestern French cuisine. A royal decree banishing a subject. A step taken in the dark. Or, a song or poem... Meant to be performed at dawn One of those is the correct definition For the word Obod And the first to get to decide amongst them is Chip Some of these are really good Yeah Weird Yeah
2: <laughs> Wait a minute Okay, yeah I think these will all make great Hallmark movies, by
3: the way <laughs> mm. Uh but which one of them has joy in it? Um I think a song or poem performed at dawn could be joyful. Sure. Not I for think... me
0: because I'm never awake at dawn. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I think that's an all bod. Okay, sure. Why not? Uh no guess for Trooch. She already had her fun, so on to Jason. I'm going to
2: do some poetry flanking and choose an English poem with consistent internal rhyming structure. All
0: right. So we
2: got all the poems covered now.
0: Cover all (laughs) the poetry bases. That's a good idea.
5: Tiff. I'm going to go with the rhyming structure poem as well. All
0: right. Jean.
6: Mm. I'm going with... Song or poem meant to be performed at dawn.
0: Mm. All right, poetry splitting the splitting the crowd here. At least one, and that's Brian Hamilton. Uh, Brian Brian
2: W W T D. Did you know that Truge is uh really into poetry? <laughs>
0: I, wait, what? No.
4: Wait, what's a poem? Uh.
0: No. I'm going She's with, not uh, here right now. She's going door to door with a horse's skull, <laughs> <laughs> challenging people for booze. For
1: poems. Uh, dawn of the final day, 24 hours remain. A song or a poem meant to be performed at dawn.
0: Huh. All right, then. Well, everybody seems to be on the poetry train. Everybody's favorite train. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we start with uh, Chip, Gene, and Brian? all of whom thought that an obad was a song or poem meant to be performed at dawn. And all of them are going to be very happy to hear that that is the correct Uh, definition uh, for the word uh, obad.
4: Particularly, an obad is a poem or a song, like uh, if you spend the night with someone and you're like saying goodbye to them in the morning, Uh, that's what an obad is. Mm.
0: This is your fault, Jason.
6: Norwegian word of uh,
0: poetry. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, and uh, that leaves Jason and Tiff, both of whom thought that an English poem with a consistent internal rhyming structure was the correct answer. That was actually Brian's answer. Of course answer. It No was. surprise. He's of course the one that came was. up with the other poetry. <laughs> so good job to the Brian Truge household. Well done there. <laughs> so after round eight, what's the story here? Chip is still in the lead. He's got 16 points now. He is well within striking distance. That is great. <laughs> um hey hey second place with 13 points is gene um 11 points is our third place uh total that's brian hamilton in fourth place with 10 points is truge in fifth place with nine points is tiff mm. uh, standing pat with five points he <laughs> seems to enjoy that score is jason snow it's uh quiet back here i got nothing it's real quiet back here except for those <laughs> Blevy noises I'm making. Well, then, uh, let's move on to round nine. Hmm. Hmm. Jump ahead to the, uh, the round I had planned or yeah, what the hell? Let's, uh, let's, let's jump ahead to this one. Let's do a round of something I call Carol and response. Uh, the way this works, this is pretty simple. Many songs have lyrics that pose an answer, that pose and answer a musical question and festive holiday tunes are no exception. Uh, In this round, I'm going to give you the answer to a musical question from a holiday song. (laughs) I want you to tell me what the question was. Um, For example, if I gave you the answer, a star, a star, dancing in the night, you would all give me the question, do you see what I see? see? There it is. Thank you very (laughs) much. We got there eventually. So uh, that's how this thing works. And, uh the answer in for this particular round is this love and understanding goodwill to men tell me what was the musical question that was posed to which that was the correct answer now what's so
2: funny about peace <laughs> <laughs> how do you solve a problem like
5: maria
0: <laughs> Uh, You know, I'd consider those holiday songs. Do they know it's Christmas time (laughs) at all? (laughs) (laughs) All right. All of the musical questions are in for the musical answer. Love and understanding. Goodwill to men. I will read them now. And then we'll get to figure out which one goes with which. What do we wish? What do we hope for? This year and every year before, what precious gifts does he bring? What do I want most for Christmas? What can you get a Wookie for Christmas when he already owns a comb? <laughs>
3: <laughs> the amount of pan and a thing.
0: Just <laughs> throw a Wookie in mm-hmm. it. What will we find under your Christmas skirt? <laughs> What is our hope as Christmas comes again? Or, did you hear what I gave up for Lent?
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Catholic jokes. The best jokes. One of those is the
0: correct question to the answer, love and understanding, goodwill to men. As immortalized in some or other holiday song. And the first to get to pair them together is Truj.
4: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, I want it to be with my whole heart. What will we find under your Christmas skirt? But okay. I, no, but I think my actual... Oh. I think what I'll say is what precious gifts does he bring?
0: All right. Fair enough. Um, Jason.
2: I've seen the star wars holiday special uh i feel like uh i'm gonna go with what well, can you get a wookie for christmas when he already owns a comb
0: sure why wouldn't you all right how about you tiff happy life day by the way steve happy life day. <laughs> happy life day to you friend 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 uh
5: what do we wish for what do we hope yada 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 <laughs>
1: yes Happy solstice? No, no, what, what was it? it was <laughs> I don't, there's no joy bed. in it.
5: There's happy
6: no joy solstice. in it.
1: Festivus? Happy Brian? festivus, yes. Festivus yeah. for the
6: rest of us. Mm-hmm. Uh Gene. Uh, what what is our hope? What how did that one go?
0: What is our hope as Christmas comes again?
6: I'm going with that one. Okay.
0: Brian.
1: When I was a kid, we would get a real tree. And it would uh, you know, all these little Pines will fall everywhere, and you know, get caught in the vacuum and be really annoying. You have to clean it. You have to water it. Uh-huh. So we will put a uh, tree skirt on the tree, and okay. I guess some weirdos <laughs> would uh, put their Christmas presents under the tree skirt. So I'm going with uh, what will we find under your a Christmas skirt? Oh,
0: I get it because you Ooh. want you want you want everybody to think they got the gifts they didn't really want, and then you lift up the tree skirt and you're like, "Look, I love and understand the Goodwill to Men. You got what you asked for. Good job. It's bamboozling." <laughs> That is the literal definition of bamboozling. I should use that in the future. <laughs> All right, that leaves Chip. So I'm the last one, huh? You're the last one.
3: Read the Wookiee one again.
1: <laughs> Wookiee hole! I just want to hear
0: it. <laughs> I
3: Wookie just want to hear it. it.
0: What can you get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already owns a comb? See, I want to,
3: I want to agree with Jason. But it wasn't Christmas. It was Life Day. Mm. <laughs> and damn me for knowing that. Damn me. Damn you. Um, I think I'm going to go with what precious gifts does he bring?
0: What precious gifts does he bring? Okay. Hey, excellent. All righty then.
2: Did Chip ask to read that question just so he could dunk on me?
0: I think he might have. I think he might have. (laughs) (sighs) Well, anyway, why don't we start with Gene? Gene thought that uh, what is our hope as Christmas comes again might be the musical question we're looking for. A pretty good guess, considering that it actually rhymes with love and understanding, goodwill to men. I don't think a whole lot of you thought about the rhyme scheme. Yeah, no, that was a nice rhyme. I liked it. Didn't matter anyway. That was Chip's answer. (laughs)
6: Chip. Chip. So one it's point the chip. chip that puts
0: ship within one point of the finish line. Oh, man. oh my God! Let's see what happens with the rest of these. It's my let's, nemesis. Uh, let's hop over to Brian, who thought that. Uh, what will we find under your Christmas skirt? <laughs> 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 Might result so in the young? answer Uh-oh, love and understanding Get to men. Whew. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it, there's any any doubt in anybody's mind that that was Tiff's answer, <laughs> except for <Brian. laughs>
6: Um, Let's jump over to
0: Tiff, who thought that uh, the correct question might be, what do we wish, what do we hope for this year and every year before? Which rhymes internally, which is nice. I liked it. Jean liked it, too. She wrote that one. <sighs> Jean. Sorry. <laughs> That brings us to Truge and Chip. Oh god. Nailbiter, if Chip if Chip is right, he wins the game. Was the correct question for love and understanding goodwill to men? What precious gifts does he bring? Nah, that was the guy he dunked on, Jason. Dunk on
7: Jason <laughs> <No!
2: laughs> Wait wait for it, Chip. Wait for it, because what if there were a novelty song post Star Wars about a Wookiee and what you could get him for oh, Christmas? No.
0: <laughs> yeah, what if, Jason? I- I'm wondering if if you were to have to go shopping for a Wookiee for Christmas. Oh my no way. Well, he doesn't need a tie clip. I know that for sure, because he never wears a tie. <laughs> and he doesn't use shaving foam. Nope.
2: It's hard. Oh. It's hard to get a gift for a Wookiee for Christmas.
0: But you know what? Everybody needs a little love and understanding, goodwill to men, as you knew when you guessed correctly <laughs> that the musical question was, what can you get a Wookiee for Christmas? When he already oh, owns a comb. Oh
6: my god. Wow. Wow. I'm so I, Miko think, the, for I that. think we
3: all know the person who I dunked on was me. Self-dunking. <laughs> <laughs> Self-dunking.
0: Self-dunk I love it. <laughs> Even so, after nine rounds of this nonsense, you are super close. 17 points. Uh, if anybody ever needed the spread applied to him, it's Chip Sutterth right now. He's one away from the win. <laughs> Second place with 14 points is Jean. I'd say she's within striking distance. She could win in this round. In third place with 11 points is Brian. In fourth, tied. Truge and Tiff each have 10 points. In six with nine points is Jason. Yeah. He made a power move that time. <laughs> thanks, thanks thanks to, to his Wookie. friend Chip. <laughs> Chip and the Wookie. Yeah, I still got nothing. Oh, well. Hey, let's move on to round 10. And round 10 is a regular round. Not entirely regular because the word for round 10 is Molin Denarius. <laughs> what? <laughs> Molin Denarius. Molin <laughs> Denarius. <laughs> Duke Marriott. Uh, yeah, that's spelled M O L E N D I N A R I O U S. Molendinarius. You got all the letters in there?
4: Mm-hmm. That autocorrects to mole donations. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's you know, there are children right there. in Africa who don't have. <laughs>
2: Moles this Christmas. Do you know what they say? Molendinarius, mo problemarius.
7: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: hey, who? All right. Why don't you send me those definitions for the word molendinarius? No. Oh.
2: I listened to Doctor Demento when I was in in elementary school and early high school. <laughs> As we all did. And I think sure. that is how I had the race memory of what can you get a Wookiee for Christmas. I said this car was Christmas Which... special, but yeah, I just I just knew. I don't know. It it was there was something there. By the way, if you
0: hate your hearing and
2: <laughs> music and, and life. I I
0: I could not more recommend going and finding that on YouTube and listening to what, do you get a Wookiee for Christmas?
2: You'll, you'll think twice about Grandma got run over by a reindeer <laughs> after you hear it, probably. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You'll think twice about life, yeah, actually. And Life Day.
2: <laughs> no that. happy Life Day for and, you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and Life Day, of
2: course. Think again, Life Day.
0: Hmm. And then the princess sang a song. All right, all of the definitions are in for the round ten word, which was... Molendenarius. Here they are. Molen Denarius. Split in half by a high powered laser. <laughs> as you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being unable to locate an item held in one's own hand, resembling the sails of a windmill, having an odd number of nipples. Oh, that's good. Say so any number other than two would be odd. <laughs> Cunning and deceitful, winding and difficult as a path, or referring to a sum of cash of over $1,000. All right, people, one of those is the real definition for the word mole and denarius. So the first to get to decide amongst those wonderful answers is Jason Snell. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Um
2: I'm going to say being unable to locate an item held in your hand. Okay? Sure. Tiff. Ooh.
5: Um oh okay. Um it's odd nipples or hand item. Why can't, can't it be both? <laughs> oh, but odd number of nipples, that's awkward. But it sounds like mole nipples look like moles when they're extras. What? <laughs> Tiff, you okay?
7: You all right? Yeah. You've never seen
5: someone with a third nipple? Tiff? What? <laughs> not me. Who? Someone I know. Uh Rocky. A friend. <laughs> totally not me. I'm going with the odd nipples. Because I wanted to Rocky. say nipple. I like that.
6: <laughs> nipple. Gene. I am going with, what's the the winding, treacherous path or something?
0: Winding and difficult as a path.
6: I'm going with that.
0: All right. Brian. I'm so
1: grateful that I get to say this on a podcast. Oh, God. Give me the nipples.
7: (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Merry Monday Christmas, day.
0: everybody. Is that really the first time you said that on a podcast? Because I'm pretty sure I've heard you say that before. I'm sorry, Brian,
2: you can't have Christmas two. Nip- you gotta have one or three. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a rule here.
3: Well, that's odd. Hey, Chip. Hey. Melinda Talk to hmm. me about it. I'm surrounded by cunning and deceitful people. You sure are. With
5: extra nipples. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cunning and deceitful. Okay. And that leaves Truge.
4: I'm going to pick the one that describes me, which is winding and difficult as a path.
0: (laughs) All
2: right. Thought it was going to be split in half by a laser, but okay.
0: (laughs) 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 The greatest adventure. All right. Well, all of the answers are in for the word Molithanerius. Is this game over? Let's find out. Why don't we start with uh, Jason, who thought that Mullen Vanarius might be being unable to locate an item held in one's own hand. That's a really good uh, answer. And it was Tiff's. Who knew? Nice. It's a real thing. I knew. Just not the real oh, word. Tiff, <laughs> And uh, in an interesting case of tit for tat... <laughs>
7: <laughs> oh. nip, nip to oh.
0: Tiff and Brian both thought that having an odd number of nipples was Molendinarius. And that was actually Jason's no. answer. So, <laughs> <laughs>
7: Oh
0: boy. <laughs> um, Oh, how about this? Chip thought that, uh, cunning and deceitful might be the meaning of Molendinarius. If he's right, he's just won the game. He hasn't, though. That was Truge's <laughs> oh! answer. <laughs>
4: oh, no! I am cunning and sequel.
0: Well, that leaves two. Jean and Truge. Each of whom thought that Melendinarius might be winding and difficult as a path. Much like Chip's Winding and difficult path to the winner's circle that he just stepped into, his Ben, because that was his answer. Hey! Two points to Chip. Holy mackerel! He ends What's the game the... with nineteen points and uh wins for what is this—the third time, Chip? I think wow. so. I think oh, so. Wow! Wow! And,
3: and 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 Tiff didn't overtake me in the end like a
0: madwoman <laughs> this time. She does that. So, um, oh, that also means that, uh, I got my first points because you nobody scored, correctly right? guessed that the meaning of the word Molendinarius was resembling the sails mm. of a windmill. Wow. Hmm. Five points for me. Hmm. I get to end the game with more than zero. Hooray. <laughs> Hooray. It's a Christmas miracle.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas joy.
0: So the game ends after 10 rounds. Chip wins it with 19 points. Good job, Chip. Yay! Thanks, everybody. Jean had a strong showing in her first game with 14 points. She ended up in second. We ended up with a four-way tie for third. (laughs) Four people had 11 points. Brian, Truge, Jason, and Tiff. Wow. Wow. Truge and I are holding hands right now. Tiff and I are holding hands right (laughs) now. United (laughs) in mediocrity. Well done, everybody. Good job. And uh, then there's me. I ended up with five. (laughs) Hooray for me.
5: Hmm. No one's holding your hand.
0: No. Well...
3: (laughs) You can hold your own hands, too. I'm
0: (laughs) doing something very similar to that right now, Chip. (laughs) And thus ends another barely strung together holiday episode of Low Definition. Uh, Hey, if you want to spread some joy this season, you can always send some wacky words or round ideas to lowdefgs at gmail.com. The GS stands for gross sambuca.
4: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh, is so tasty. Or, yeah, it's that taste of anise that I really enjoy.
4: Mm-hmm. Fermented. Nice.
0: Mm. Or, you know what? Why not drop us a review on iTunes? Uh, the fact that the Game Show podcast only has, like, 70 reviews, frankly, it makes the baby Jesus cry. And on his birthday, too. Come on, people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I want to thank my players. Thank you, Brian Hamilton, Chip Sutterth, Allison Truge, Jason Snell, Tiff Arment, and Gene McDonald, And I'm Steve Lutz, wishing you and yours a happy chaka and a fair to middling festivus. Until we meet again in 2019, not a finger. Good night, everybody.